Hi, my name is Davis Land, and you're listening to the Write About Now Poetry Podcast. It's a new podcast we're going to be doing uh, featuring poets, uh, spoken word poets primarily, that have featured at Write About Now Poetry at Avant Garden in Houston, Texas. Uh, it's a great community and lots of interesting poetry being read there. And we're going to feature it here too. So you can not only hear poems at Write About Now on Wednesday nights, you can hear poems on your iPhone, on your iPod, on your Android device, on whatever you have that you can download an audio file on. So it's going to be super awesome. Uh, This week we've got Danny Strack, and I'm going to start it right off with his poem, Political Theater. When a far-left liberal views the world through blue-tinted glasses, Republicans all look the same. They're still the ones to blame, covering up the crumbling economy while collecting nine-figure checks from failing companies so they can afford private jets out to clan rallies on oil rigs to cheat on their wives with high-class hookers on a bed of money and use the Constitution to clean up. They want Obama to fail and your mother to die. They want every cop in riot gear and they pray every night to Jesus Christ and Ronald Reagan. But when that always right conservative slips on his own rose-tinted glasses, Democrats all look the same too. Dude, patchouli-reeking, abortion-seeking atheists. They only want free health care so they can get free pot, which they'll roll up in the American flag and smoke as they burn down the free love, getting highways in hybrids that run on flower power all the way out to the bong store to pick up some dildos. They want to raise your taxes till they can buy your bank. Basically, they want us all to be communists so they can release the terrorists and gay marry them. And if our country was a movie theater, most of our politicians would sit in the thin wings, while the rest of us would occupy the wide stripe in the middle with the best view of the action, only we can't hear the soundtrack running under the shouting match between left and right, dueling with one-sided debates. They can't even hear their own arguments because their heads have been shoved up their asses so long that shit is now full of them. Political discussion in America is politically disgusting. The debate's been taken over by extremists, news programs populated by pretty people repeating talking points, news stories calculated to get ratings rather than report. And if I wanted to watch someone lip sync meaningless shit, I'd turn to TMZ and watch Lindsay Lohan drink herself under the tabloids. But if I want real news, I turn to John Stewart on Comedy Central, like the truth has turned so tainted we can't take it without a joke to help it go down, like the truth is a prop in a complicated magic trick, and we're all so mesmerized by the wizard's hands, we don't notice the mirrors turning 3D scenes into 2D images. 
And that's what's wrong with extremists. They only see one flat side of a world in three dimensions, like someone forgot to hand them their 3D glasses. And if you want to watch the movie without getting a splitting headache, your glasses need one red lens and one blue lens. Otherwise, you can't see what's really happening. Cool. Okay, so I got my set list. I got my new book. I just I printed it and it came in the mail yesterday. So I really I didn't know if I was gonna have it. I also have a couple copies of my old book, but and uh, yeah, I'll talk about that more later. But I'm gonna try to do a poem out of my new book. Some of these aren't as memorized as my older poems, so we'll see. Epidemiologists track the spread of disease on maps using points and lines. Every infected person, a point connected to other people points by lines showing the transmission of the sickness. Fred gave the flu to Sue, who passed it to Betty and you. Zoom out from where you stand and watch the world curve out from under you like the surface of a giant blue skull. See the tiny tinker toy networks of people splayed across the continent. See their spindly connections shine. Zoom in. Sociologists adapted the same model to track the spread of ideas. Ideas are infectious. Every enlightened person, a point. Fred taught his philosophy to Sue, who passed it to Betty, and you. The better the idea, the more contagious. That's what it really means to go viral. Zoom out and picture history. The birth of civilization, the first use of fire. Follow it through to fried food. Track the transmission of racism, of communism, of every ism and anti there ever was. See the golden rule spin through each vector. Zoom in. Epidemiologists and sociologists use the concept of a super spreader to identify a point with lots of connections. If you have gonorrhea and tons of unprotected sex, you are a super spreader of the clap. If there was an outbreak in Houston, transmission lines would vector off you in every direction. Epidemiologists wish you used a condom. Zoom out and fast forward. See all the small ideas grow into big ones. Blacksmiths forge ahead through iron to steel electricity, explain computers, created lists of scientists, turn around the internet. Now we actually have the data and technology to build epidemiological tracking maps like the ones I'm talking about in this poem. You could use one to track the underlying ideas behind epidemiology or the spread and subversion of the Harlem Shake. Zoom in and find yourself. Who are you connected to? Who do you influence? Who influences you? Zoom out. Authors, celebrities, public personalities, Poets, anyone with a podium or a YouTube channel, you are the super spreader of notions, theories, and thoughts. If you're gonna spread ideas, make sure they aren't the conceptual equivalent of the clap. Zoom in. Can you see the lines between us right now? They look like harp strings. What would happen if I strummed one? Zoom out, now put on your oh, most man. infectious smile in. Can you see your influence? <laughs> Huh. 
right. Um, I'm gonna do one more film and then I'll juggle, so if you're ready for that. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm just gonna jump to this because I'm ready for it. Parents, teachers, and girlfriends agree. I need to stop twitching my leg up and down. It's distracting. It's so distracting. That's just part of being me. I'm full of energy, twitchy, jittery. Sometimes I shake so much, I'm shimmery. It doesn't bother me. I think constantly moving keeps me in pretty good shape. Don't believe in restless leg syndrome. Never heard of it until 2012. I think a lot of modern syndromes are just excuses for Pfizer to sell pills. They slapped a label on twitchy people so they could feed us downers. Although maybe there's also something to be said for a predisposition to movement. I remember when my grandfather was still alive and we went into restaurants, he would always order his glass of water half full. Not because he was trying to illustrate his optimistic outlook on life at every meal, but because he couldn't stop his hands from shaking. And he didn't want to spill. Plagued with tremors as long as I knew him. Slight at first, Grandpa could still bullseye in the backyard beanbag toss and whittle walking sticks for our hikes through the woods and bake the most amazing bread. He fought in the war but didn't like to talk about it. He'd much rather tell stories from after he got back to the States, married my grandmother, and adopted her Quaker faith. He was a pacifist, teacher, and social worker for the rest of his days, taught sex education before it was a buzzword, mentored the youth, and mentally challenged by the time I met him. He was a perfect grandfather with a handsome gray beard, tall and smart, and he always made me feel proud of myself and gave me awkward advice for picking up girls when I was far too young to understand. But I think it's the things I don't remember that are more important than the anecdotes. I don't remember him ever getting angry or frustrated. Even when the tremors got worse, he never let a day pass without laughter, never let my grandmother feel taken for granted. He loved her with a fiery Italian passion. Even as the tiny sparks of Parkinson's burned down his spine, he loved her deeply till the day he died. So, if this is the tree I was carved from, Give me its grain. If this is a man I could one day be, I would gladly share his disease. For if the hand fate dealt me is one that shakes, I will hold that hand at the end of my wrist, and with joy I will drink from a cup half full and do my best to never spill. Thank you. Okay. At this point in his feature, Danny decided to juggle because uh, he is a professional juggler and it was awesome and he did a cool trick. Um, yeah. 
We're gonna take a second to talk about Right About Now's YouTube channel. Uh, you can find them as Right About Now Poetry on YouTube. Uh, there's two videos from Danny's feature on there right now, uh, both political theater that you heard in the beginning and Suicide Booth, which you will hear coming up. Uh, they are both on the Right About Now YouTube channel. You can also find Right About Now on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, etc. Really any social media you can think of, we're on there. So you should take a Google and check us out. Is that a thing? Do people say take a Google? I don't know. Yeah, I think in any poetry site you should include a new poem, so this is a new poem. It's like the third most recent thing I've written. You shit! All right. There once was a guru named Lou who lived in Timbuktu and had a beautiful daughter named Thru. Lou loved two things in the universe more than anything else. His daughter through and seeking truth. People with, and delicious pie, people with problems would come from all over the land to gaze upon through and hear Lou's wisdom. And they always brought pie to show their appreciation. Apple pie, pecan, chocolate pudding pie, peach cobbler, and not just dessert pies either. Deep dish pizza, savory meat pies, chicken pot pie. Now I, maybe nice quiche sometimes, pretty much anything served in a pie tin. Now I, although one time this guy brought Lou some cold pasta salad in a pie tin, and Lou was like, come on, man. You pick this up at Whole Foods and put it in a pie tin. There's not even a crust. I'm going to eat it because of the novelty of pasta salad pie, but I expect a homemade pie from you next time. Now, I had a problem with getting things done. I could never complete any tasks, so I went to Guru Lu of Timbuktu to ask for any tips that I might have, and I brought a blueberry pie that I half-baked myself. I told him my tale of woe and asked for his prescription, and he said, listen carefully. For the next week, you must follow my daughter everywhere she goes. In doing so, you will learn the secret of a job well done. And I said, follow your daughter? Isn't that a little stalkerish? And he said, no, no, like we live in a myth. This is a fable. You're not supposed to take it literally. And I said, still, creeping around after your daughter seems a little more Big Bad Wolf than Br'er Rabbit. Just how wise are you anyway? I heard you only moved to Timbuktu because your name is Lou. You only live here for the rhyme. And he said, shut up. You aren't getting this at all. And he yelled, Drew, come in here. She entered the room like a sunrise and said, what's up, dad? And he said, can this guy follow you around for a few days till he gets the meaning of my fable? Follow me? What do you mean? It's this new thing I'm trying. I'm trying to teach this guy about following through. It's wordplay on your name. Follow through. Follow through. This whole thing is just a setup for that shit. Now I gave away the punchline. Look, I'm just going to ignore him until he gets it. It won't take that long, especially because I just told him. And she said, no, you look dad. It's bad enough that men come from all over the country to gaze upon my beauty or whatever you want to call the way they objectify me. But now you're going to have them follow me around too. 
too? You're exploiting me for free pie. And he said, that's absurd. People are mean pies because I'm wise. Is that why you make me wear this uncomfortable corset every day? This is the last straw. I'm breaking out of this fable, which seemed like a good time for me to leave too. I took my half-baked pie with me. Anyways, I never really got the point of his story. Don't exploit your children for pie? Thanks. Yeah. So, that's what you get when you try a new poem. Uh, sometimes it's what you want, and that one is, is pretty much what I want, actually. It's, I like it. All right, all right. I'm just trying to figure out if I have these memorized the way I want. I'm just gonna do this. You were plucked from nothing and became something. Tiny Buddha, ripped from your mother's lucky round belly, her greatest suffering and best pleasure. You were confused, you leaked, you cried and shat yourself, you were shitty. Someone changed you, it got better, <laughs> or it didn't. You were not in control, it was not your fault. You grew up in the back of a race car, tossed against the window, lucky if you had a seatbelt, did not put orange cones, bumps, or bodies in the road, did not decide over, around, or through. But you saw how others react to barriers. Some parents are really shitty. Dangle carrots, then beat their kids with those same sticks. And if that was you, orange, black, and blue, you learned how to treat others. Or you learned what not to do, which you would never do. What happened to you was not your fault. Yes. Your reaction to it now is you swore you would do better now do better the people who changed you will die it's your turn driver it's a long road ahead are you shitty change yourself are you headed for a cliff change direction it is not easy the road is lonely there's no perfect place to park you will never fit in you could plath yourself in the oven and ignore it all as tiny shards of glass scrape down your cheeks you will grow tired you will give up give up give up give up give up every day do you give up on giving up and decide to try again despite the suffering Despite the suffering, it's gonna be uncomfortable. Enjoy the discomfort, it passes too quickly. You're going 90, you'll never see these sights again. You don't get nine lives, you probably don't even get 90 years. What happens to you during this time is not your responsibility. You're only responsible for what you make of it. You can smile when you don't feel like smiling. When you feel like dying, be glad you feel something. Woo. Laugh along with Buddha as you suffer down the road. You were plucked from nothing. Now make something of it. Wow. 
you for the energy. Okay, awesome. All right, all right. Um, there's another internet poem, and uh, they all go together. You know, like the zoom in, zoom out, and then this. Okay. It used to be click pause buffering 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 <laughs> buffering 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 click that if you were having a conversation with some dumb person or some dumb shark and the shark said something stupid like did you know that Madonna won the Grammy in 1984 for video of the year for the song physical and you said I don't think that's true and I would know you can end up arguing about that shit all night till you grab that stupid shark by its stupid shark throat and scream, stupid shark, you're full of fish. And the next thing you know, you're having shark tacos for breakfast. But now you don't have to do that anymore. You can just turn to the repository of all accumulated human knowledge and bing that shit. Bing, wiki, wiki, wiki. Madonna didn't sing physical. It was Olivia Newton-John. And she won that Grammy in 1983, the last year they awarded it. You know that if sharks invented the internet, but you didn't. Meanwhile, back on land, the internet is the sickest, most epic win in the history of mankind. The internet is everything from cats to porn. And soon, it's gonna have both at the same time. I've come up with a new site with videos of cats having sex with each other. Eh, but I can't decide what to call it. Pussypussy.com or kittyporn.com. It's not bestiality if there's no humans involved, right? Bing and Wikipedia agree, that's right. Know what else Bing and Wikipedia have to say about animals and penetration? Almost all non-mammalian species. We're talking amphibians, reptiles, stupid sharks, only have one hole in their posterior called a cloaca. And through their cloaca, they excrete urine, feces, and have sex. Where else are you gonna hear about that? Another win for the internet. So, the next time somebody tries to say anything stupid, I want you to pull out your smartphone and slap them with it and say, shut your teeth hole. Click pause, buffering, 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 buffering. Click or I'm gonna send Olivia Newton down, John down here to get physical on that cloaca. Stupid shark. Hey, all right. Ah, new poems are hard. You get like the timing and everything. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do one more poem, okay? Warning, you have entered a suicide booth. This booth was mandated in the Right to Death Act of 2046 in an effort to reduce the suffering of those citizens unsatisfied with existence. If you entered by mistake, please leave in the next five seconds or the door will close and the procedure to end your life will commence. Thank you for choosing to end your life. The state of Texas recognizes your right to choose the time of your death and offers this booth as a free, painless, and sanitary way to kill yourself and dispose of your body. Lethal gas will be released in 90 seconds. 
you can end the procedure at any time by opening the door and stepping outside. Addendum 24 of the Right to Death Act mandates that the following is played aloud. Please do not do this. Yeah. How can this be what you want? Yes. I know you've been hurt probably a thousand times, but pain passes. And there's so much beauty left in the world. Have you ever had a prize-winning chili so good you couldn't even tell it was vegan or tasted a popsicle made from homemade real fruit? 45 seconds and there's a museum right next to this booth. I bet you've never been there, but they have hallways filled with forgotten virtuosos. You could go there right now, run through the halls and Go to the park, lay on your back, chase butterfly-shaped clouds through the sky, 30 seconds, and there are death row, satin fluff puppies more lonely than you, craving life the same way you currently crave ending it. You could go to the pound and adopt one right now, 15 seconds, then walking him in the park. Tomorrow night, you might meet the love of your life, that same person who would have chosen this booth the next day if they hadn't found you, and instead, you could be holding each other tomorrow night, five seconds. If you just hold on for one more day, I swear things can get better, please. You just have to open the door. And that's my last poem. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. You can find Danny Strack online at dannystrack.com. You can also buy one of his books. Uh, they are super awesome uh, and good. I guess if it is awesome, it is also good. But in this case, it is awesome and good. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Write About Now Poetry Podcast. Uh, you can find the music for this episode in the show notes. Uh, you can also find Write About Now Poetry on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and really anywhere else you look. Write About Now meets Wednesday nights at Avant Garden in Houston, if you don't know where that is. Once again, find us on Facebook, and we have a little map there for you. 